All right, we have got Canadian Cole Thompson on the line here. Race the 250 West for the Heartbeat Hot Sauce Team Solitaire team and the Liat Gear on the Yamaha. Uh, Cole, um, thank you very much for chatting with us, man. That's uh, The season's done for that part. Yeah, no, I appreciate the call. Yeah, dude, I always ask you, but uh, obviously you're all over the place, in and out of places. Where are you right now? Where do we catch you? Uh, I'm in South Carolina. Okay, so okay, South Carolina. Yep. What are you doing in South Carolina? Aren't you normally in North Carolina? Uh, well, no, I have my buddy Stu's place that's in South Carolina, but I'm actually um, uh, at uh, in, in Greenville with my where my sister-in-law is at, and then uh, I'll go back to club and uh, and start uh, riding over there. Oh, there's the there's the news right there. Going back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not official, but pretty much official. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. there you go. There's yeah. there's there's the story right there. That's awesome. Obviously, that'll be the thing we'll end this conversation on. But that's a cool opportunity. Obviously, everybody's figured out what we're talking about. I'm sure. But uh, okay. Well, Cole. Um, I mean, the team is pretty happy. I saw, you know, Chris Elliott and the gang over there pretty happy with your 10th place overall. Man, it came so close. But, um, I mean, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I just kind of thought of that. Are you happy with uh, with your results, or how do you feel after that uh, West Series? Uh, yeah, no, overall, I mean, always happy. Uh, a year ago, I made a promise. Whenever whenever I can finish a series or finish a race healthy, regardless of the result, just to be, um, you know, be thankful for that. But, um Obviously, the competitive side, you always want to do better. We had an opportunity going into the weekend. Um, you know, if I finished, I think it was eighth or something, I could have jumped up to seventh in the championship. Obviously, being East-West Showdown, that's a pretty tall task. Um, but nonetheless, we went in with, um, you know, our heads high and hoping for the best. And obviously, uh, that's uh, that's always the goal every weekend. So, um, yeah, to finish 10th, a little bit bittersweet, but uh, went into the weekend ninth. Um, and then got jumped, uh, actually tied for night after the weekend was all said and done and um, ended up 10th. Right, right, because uh, for people who aren't from, sure there, ahead of you was uh, Pierce Brown, who's injured out with an injury, so you could have passed him, but you would have had to stay ahead of Derek Kelly, who was uh, just a couple points or one point behind you heading into that final one, right? Correct, correct, yeah. It was um, one point between me and Kelly, and then I think it was 15 points to McAdoo and nine or 10 to Brown, so... There was guys ahead of me, and, and looking back on the season, there was a lot of times that, uh, you know, I gave up three or four points just in, uh, you know, a crash in the Triple Crown or, um, you know, a bad start or whatever. And you kind of go back in your head and replay, and you're like, oh, man, the the 15 points I needed at the end, you know, could have been made up throughout the entire series had I, um, you know, stayed a bit better um, throughout the, those other rounds. So. Um, and even at the the first East West showdown, it didn't go uh, exactly as planned. So, yeah, looking back, I'm like, ah, it's a it's a bit of a bummer. But at the same time, you know, like um, as a team and as a group and and myself, it was uh, it was a good effort to um, you know be in the mix with a, a lot of good not, or good names and good riders. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I don't think you should be surprised that you are with those guys. I I mean, from the outside looking in, do you think? Uh, well, two th- what it would be one of two things maybe was it aggression on the starts or was it just going up against those factory uh, bikes those 250s are faster what uh, you never uh, in from looking in it didn't look like you were banging bars getting into that first turn you're kind of like okay let me get through this first turn and start working my way up is that does that make sense or no yeah no you're right on that um i think i think our 250s uh, a good 250 um but i think we learned a lot throughout the season that you know we need to get a bit more out of it especially for um, you know, the faster tracks, 
the whole shot, obviously the start, you know, a little bit more out of the bike, but, um, overall, you know, like, uh, I think we did the best that we could with what we were, you know, dealt. I mean, everyone on the team works a full-time job. So, uh, <laughs> for them to put a race team together on top of, you know, their, their life and, and all their, all the stuff they have to do throughout the week and then go racing. Um, you know, it's pretty cool that we were, you know, one of the top teams, um, outside the factory. So next year, I think already they're kind of, you know, gearing up to put a little bit more, um, time and focus into figuring out, uh, how to get the bike off the line a little bit easier for us. And then as well as a little bit more, um, a little more power, you know, you can always use more on the two fifties as everyone says. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think already, you know, the, the gears are moving, um, into next year for, for the team. Well, I mean, I think you just kind of said something there that we don't really think about too often. I always kind of uh, comment that, you know, when I interview some of our, our pros up here in Canada, it's, you know, one of the questions is, what do you do for, you know, your Monday to Friday work? And most, you know, most of our guys do have other jobs, but we don't really think about like a team in the States getting top tens in Supercross. The guys who are running the team have uh, full-time jobs other than that, too. It's kind of it's not just uh, team related. That's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's reality. I think a lot of... Um a lot of the teams that aren't factory, you know, the guys have normal jobs during the week and then, you know, they, they up and leave their, their normal jobs to fly out to go, go racing on the weekends. And that's kind of unique about this team that, you know, I got to ride, ride with the ride with this year is, you know, everyone, um, it, it's pure passion, you know, even my mechanic. So, um, my mechanic, Joe, for instance, uh, he started the same day I started with the team and, um, he works with, uh, the lead mechanic and, Nick Thurry's mechanic, uh, Eric, and he works with him during the week and, you know, said, Hey, um, you know, there's a, a position to be a mechanic and do you want to give it a go? And it was his first year doing supercross. And <laughs> it was kind of cool along the way, you know, we hit some, uh, cool achievements and stuff. We were always trying to get closer to that top five, obviously, uh, you know, it's a tall task with, you know, the depth of the field and, and a lot of good riders, but, uh, no, we had a great time, you know, even after this weekend, um, not making the main, you know, we both came back and looked at each other and it's just like, ah, it is what it is, but we got to hold our head high for, for what we, um, we did throughout the season. And, you know, one bad race doesn't really, um, take away for all the good races and all the good battles we had throughout the year. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't really get to know him very well, of course, but uh, I definitely saw him. He seemed like he, uh, he had a good, uh, he was in a good headspace at the races and you guys seemed to get along well. And that's cool to, that's cool to hear a story like that, that you both, uh, at the end of that, if that tough, after a tough final round, but, um, well, let's, let's, um, let's talk about this, this race here. I mean, Salt Lake City, uh, did you, did you go into this place early? Have you toured around there? Like, do you play tourists sometimes? Like, did you do anything when you went to Salt Lake or did you get there early, stay late? Uh, I flew into Salt Lake Friday afternoon. So I got in about three o'clock. Um, the last two weekends were pretty quick for me, to be honest. I flew in um to denver i don't even think i was in denver for um just over 24 hours total uh i'd fly in friday night and be back on a plane and flying out saturday and did that kind of the same thing for salt lake as well just to kind of get in and out and um i don't know for for this the supercross it's so it's so convenient just to you know fly to these big cities and then you know you do your race and right after the race i just drive to the airport get back on a flight and back uh back going again the next week I always thought it was funny. You, you fly into uh, Salt Lake City out there in the flats and stuff, and there's <laughs> when you come in, there was uh, there used to be a billboard sign that said um, it was going to be like ice-cold beer, but it says ice-cold B-E-E, and it stops and says, welcome to Utah, because they couldn't advertise beer. They couldn't say beer. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> then, right, yeah. And there was a Mexican <laughs> uh, a food place, too. It was called uh, it was a, a burrito place, but it was called Nacho Mama. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool little place. Um, I didn't get to tour too much, but even where the track is, being up on the on the hill and stuff like that, um, it's really cool. It's a it's a cool little uh, facility and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I, I guess I mean if I toured a little bit more, I would have been able to see some of the mountains and some of the ski stuff. So yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, that the uh, the track was pretty tight too, right? Did uh, that feel different, or was that all right? Did that uh, seem normal, or was it tighter? Yeah, the track the last two weekends were, um, I believe, football um, floor space, uh, right. so which is always traditionally smaller, other than Glendale, obviously. But um, yeah, I think uh, track was it was tight, but it was fast. If that makes sense, okay. um, it had a pretty quick flow to it, but. Uh, um, this may sound, maybe sounds like I'm whining, but, uh, <laughs> it felt really, it felt really fun to ride, but hard to race just because it was kind of like favored one line, um, in a lot of areas. And I know, you know, people say that when they have bad races, but no, like if you watch back, like a lot of the areas, like under the tunnel and across the start and stuff, it all, it all favored, um, one line and everyone was kind of doing the same thing. So really, I think, um, fun track but hard track to race on if that makes sense yeah that does make sense i mean obviously you watch the replay you can see there's just one shiny line coming under that tunnel for sure not to, but uh yeah okay well let's, yeah. let's talk about how the actual performance i mean qualifying you ended up 10th uh, i mean that's not too far off what you normally do so you must have had heading into that that felt normal or how did that feel heading in how'd your qualifying go qualifying was good um 10th you know I, I was quick on one half of the track so um i guess from the finish line to pretty much to where it went into that triple and then the supercross triple and then that second half of the track i was a bit slower so through the whoops and stuff which whoops used to be my weak spot through the whoops i was good um looking at segments and stuff like that and i felt really comfortable like i say on the track and stuff so it was kind of like weird to to see that i was kind of far off in the second half of the track because i felt good on you know the entire track but qualifying tenth, i was like you know decent gate pick um put myself between um for the heat race i put myself in between the two factory bikes which now looking at i probably should have went inside of them (laughs) just to play safe and i got an excellent jump and better than i had um pretty much all year because i knew how critical the start was going to be kind of going back to the track being a little bit one line and, and and hard to move move around so got a great jump and then probably i don't know 100 feet from the first corner 75 feet it kind of just closed in on me you know i had a good good room around me and then closed in really quick and caught on the brakes and ended up going into the back of um you know i think it was mumford and then i went into max volan and then hit the deck and crashed and tweaked the bike a little bit and then once i got going it was just kind of starting to come down the rain at that point so started to click my laps off and made up maybe three or four spots not many but kind of just was like focused on what was to come next which was you know obviously going straight to the lcq right i, I guess on a normal night when it's dry and say you fell in the first year and you go out and try to learn some things but you're i mean obviously you're listed as dead last and you're like well what am i going to do you're not going to learn anything it could rain more it could start like it's just you're not really learning yeah at that point, right and it was like i didn't bang up the bike bad but just it was enough to be annoying like the bars were just tweaking i bent the, the bar mounts and stuff so mm-hmm. it was just enough to kind of be like all right i don't need to push it and have another dumb crash or something stupid so kind of just got through the got through the race and i was like i knew that like where i needed to be was ninth. you know what i mean but like that'd be because it's um east west showdown it's like finishing ninth in the main and i'm like i don't have enough laps to get up there so uh, just tried to do the best I could, not like obviously put myself in a 
any danger or any um, bad situations. Right, for sure. How, how are they, they, um, they actually said on the, on the I, unfortunately I couldn't be there at this one, so I was watching on TV and they said it was coming down in buckets. So you like, really? And you couldn't even see it on TV though, but was it raining pretty hard? Yeah, for, for a bit there. Uh, I'd say probably uh, for a good 30 minutes. Um, after the first heat finished, uh, which was East Coast, it started coming down when we were on the gate and it just was steady. It wasn't anything crazy. Like, I wouldn't say it was as hard as maybe New York or something like that, but it was steady for sure. Like it was, um, it was coming down where you're, you know, you're getting soaked and the tracks really got, got, uh, got muddy quick. And then, um, it actually, I guess fast forward now to the LCQ, it actually started to come around and, and the track was starting to get better again. But for the, I think for the 450 heat races, it is pretty greasy. Okay. Hey, the, you, you mentioned the whoops and stuff like that. They looked, they looked uh, like faster and stuff, but they looked like you could get sideways pretty easily in them. Did you stay straight? Did you have any uh, any uh, moments in the whoops? Yeah, for the most part, um, felt comfortable going through the whoops oh, this weekend. I had maybe a few few moments in practice and stuff where where I caught an edge, but uh, nothing crazy. Um, and I think this entire year, uh, going back to when I said I felt better in the whoops, they. they the whoops are still tricky, but in a different way. They weren't as steep, and they had a bit more um, forgiveness to them last year. They were like hitting walls, and when I, you know, came back to Supercross last year, I wasn't really anticipating them being that gnarly, especially the first six rounds that we had last year. And then this year, all season, I was kind of waiting for them to get bigger, and they just kind of kept them within reason, like kind of back to what I started Supercross with, um, which would be ten years ago now, sort of like that. They kind of went back and built whoops that everybody can get through but the you know the guys that are good will still get through them quicker so it's good all right hey speaking of that before i forget to ask you here by the end of this what uh, i kind of was blabbing on about uh you know all the injuries in the 450 class and stuff if you have is there one thing you could point to that would uh, that you think suggests or could attribute to all these injuries in that class right now or it's just a weird year yeah i, th- I mean that was kind of a discussion all weekend with people talking about what what had happened um, this year and in, in terms of injuries and how many factory bikes were sitting idle um, going into that final weekend. And uh, I, I think it's, it's a, a multiple things. I don't think it's one thing in particular. I don't think it's tracks. Like personally, I think the tracks have been tamed out um, whether that's a good thing or bad. I don't know this weekend. I thought it was kind of a bad thing because you have a lot of guys trying to find any type of space to find like a half a second or a quarter second. And I, I always go back to when, when I would do supercross, like, again, I sound old saying this, but 10 years ago, I felt like the tracks were a little bit slower in terms of they were steeper and maybe a bit more aggressive. But I also find that you, your speeds come down when it, when the tracks like that. Right. So I don't know, it's a, it's a variation, you know, do you go safer and, and take things out and risk, you know, maybe the speed's being a little bit higher do you go steeper and and then you know you risk it being a little bit more dangerous as far as if you do mess up so honestly it's the sports it's just evolving and there's a lot of good talent and i just i think it was one of those years that looking back i mean, people had freak things freak accidents and you know that's racing and as far as even eli's injury it didn't even you know result in a crash right like it was yeah. uh anything like that so yeah, it's, inter- it's an interesting conversation. I mean, I tried to, I was kind of thinking too that because it seems like Eli and Chase are at uh, kind of another level in moto right now. It seems like there's, you know, the guys that got hurt or the guys that thought they should be also beating these guys. So maybe they're kind of right on that razor's edge pushing it. They're like, 
we can't just let these guys win everything. I don't know. I feel like maybe, but then like you say, there's those weird freak accidents like you know Cooper Webb's wasn't necessarily anything like that, and and uh, yeah. Rock Ken Roxon just dabbed his you know put his foot out and had a weird thing. So it's hard really. It really is hard to pinpoint what the heck's causing it. Yeah, I know a lot of the discussion, and and I agree with this is is spending more time on obstacles. Uh, to fix them or get rid of them all in, together, like Barsha crashed on a dragon's back, and that I was, was surprised a rough, that there wasn't more crashes on that, dragon's back. Yeah, that dragon back was gnarly, wasn't it? That top bump. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, in my opinion, I'm like, you know, we, we there's like, I mean, you can go on for hours talking about what can make the sport safe for this and that, but there's just certain obstacles that, in my opinion, don't really need to be necessary. But having whoops um, up a hill and then drop <laughs> away to a single, I mean. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with that, especially when it's not, you know, brand new. When it's perfectly rounded and smooth, it's fine. But as soon as it gets, you know, those sharp edges, that's when you get yourself into right. trouble. So, I mean, that could even be something that, you know, maybe taming those out or, or, you know, like limiting how many whoops. I think that was a pretty long dragon's back and they've been getting longer, it seems like. So, like, there's little things like that that, I, that I'm like, you know, probably that obstacle that weekend wasn't necessary. Right, right. Yeah, again, like you say, that's. Uh, I just wanted to mention it quickly before we kind of moved on here so we didn't forget. But it's, it's again, like I say, everybody's having this conversation because it's uh, the sport that we love. We want to see gnarly racing, but we want to see people in these races. So Exactly, exactly. <laughs> For fans, it's not, you know, it's not the... This, you know, what you want to see the championship come down to, right? right. Um, no, took sure. the storyline away for sure this past weekend. Yeah, all right. Well, well sorry, we kind of got uh, a little sidetracked there. But now, okay, so now we're moving on to the LCQ. You knew you had to get in there to, to get in there. It, it, uh, you're shown there as seventh off the start and then you end up ninth at the flag. So obviously, really rare for you not to make it through an LCQ kind of thing. But uh, take us through what happened in that LCQ. Yeah, I think I was even a little further up than that at one point. Um, okay. Just got shuffled back, and, and to be honest with you, it was one of those races that I just didn't feel comfortable. I, it was track was just starting to come around at that point, so it had just finished raining and it was starting to get tacky, but still had a pretty slippery base still. And they'd gone out and did some track prep, and it was good. I just I didn't feel confident, and I got shuffled back in the beginning, and I was maybe as aggressive as I needed to be in the opening laps to keep myself in the mix. And then once I was back away I kind of just more or less just made sure I just got through the race and, and, and finished on a healthy note and not uh, did anything that was going to put me on the ground or risk anything but yeah it was a bit of a bummer and, and I always hate being put in LCQ in the first place and I was a bit bummed out I was even there to uh, to start start with so yeah looking back um, just need to be a little, a little better um, in the opening laps I guess chalk it up to that and be a little bit more aggressive when need to when I need to be in the positions are right there to grab. Right. And it's one of those things too. I mean, you, you know where you are, what the track's like, and you're like, you do the math in your head. You're like, okay, could I get up to there? Okay. Well, it looks like I'm going to be 10th here. Cause you knew, you know, that Derek was going to grab a couple of points to get by you and you weren't going to catch up. So at that point you knew and why risk it, I guess. And what, uh, you know, what, what could you accomplish yeah. by getting eight? Yeah. I, I mean, I was bummed obviously for the team, you know, we had a high hopes going into the weekend, but it's a tall order. Like I say, those East West showdowns for teams like myself and, you know where I've been all year is kind of on that bubble of ninth, so it was a tall order. Right, right. All right. Well, what? Okay. So after you didn't make it, um, you guys go back, you tear down stuff. Did you go watch the finals? Well, I guess. Uh, yeah. Did you go do the finals? I guess. Uh, there, Nick was in the four fifties, all right. Yeah. So my teammate, he was in the LCQ as well, so he didn't make it. And then um, I actually went to the airport. I had a flight at uh, like eleven oh. thirty, so. 
I basically just uh, packed up. It's kind of a, a bummer way to end the series, but uh, packed up and then went off to the airport and uh, yeah, back back to Carolina, back to work, kind of thing for the next uh, next chapter. Oh wow! So you didn't you didn't uh, go in and watch the finals? No, I actually I don't think I watched. <laughs> other than Seattle, because um, we had a bike problem between practices, that was the only time I went and sat and watched practice or watched anything in the stadium all year. So, um, hmm. no, I didn't go in. And it was a bit of a walk where we were parked was in the, the far parking lot, stuff like that. And then I knew I had to catch a flight. So I was uh, I was more or less uh, – and, I was, you know, me being me, I'm like – if I don't do good, I'm just like I'm. I'm like, get me out. I got to go back to work. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen that before. Where you've had a tough uh, race, and I've tried to interview you. It, uh, it's always no, tough. I'm to... over it. I'm <laughs> yeah. over it. I'm pissed. I'm a, I'm a poor a poor sport. But no, I, was, I wasn't really mad. I was more or less just bummed that uh, you know I didn't execute. Um, just even to get myself in the main there. So. All right. Okay. Again, like yeah, like you say, a tough, tough finish to the year. A solid year, though. The guys were happy with it, right? It's a step forward for them. Um, yeah. Do you guys talk like, uh, well, let's get in touch again next year? Or what? How did that end? Yeah. No. And and I think the that was the the cool thing about the relationship we have is all of us um, at one time worked together years ago, right? And then this mm-hmm. year was kind of bringing everyone back together, and we learned a lot about each other and and kind of what needs to be done going forward so I think obviously there's a discussion to be had as far as what goes on next year I expect that I want to do more races um than just do 250 you know kind of like I wanted to this year and it didn't exactly work out but uh they know that you know like to do um 450 uh supercross as well as 250 it's going to take a bit more money more effort and uh you know there's already talks about doing something like that so where it leads to I don't know but um, you know, I'm definitely happy with the way the season went as far as the, the team support and what we were able to achieve. Okay, yeah, that was obviously my question was, uh, would they consider 450 program kind of thing? But obviously that's uh, quite a bit more cash, but uh, that would be something to factor in. Is that something you'd be interested in? Though? Like, say the season started, would you go to A1 in the 450 class, or would you do a mix? Yeah, I mean, I've expressed uh, multiple things, right? Like, um, I'm interested in doing, uh, maybe going back to an East Coast on a 250, maybe doing 450 West, you know what okay. I mean? And uh, mixing it up that way. Um, or do kind of something similar like I did this year, but then do, you know, all the rounds that I'm not racing on a 450 kind of thing and just try to stay racing. Uh, these last two years, uh, I've learned that, the more I put myself in those situations as far as racing and getting gate drops, the the more I've kind of started to get, see myself progress. So uh, I told them the same thing, you know, that we're going to continue racing. I need to be racing every weekend sort of thing. All right, Cole, you know, none of us are going to be happy until you do a full season at 450. I know, I know. Just a couple <laughs> of gate drops at least. That's what I'm like, this year, uh, the two rounds I did, it wasn't uh, a true tell of as far as um, what I could do being on the 250 and, and uh, not being on uh, on the 450, but yeah, now now I guess I can talk about it. But um, uh, I've ridden the 450 a few times now here at, at club, and, and <laughs> I'm like a little bit of me is it's bittersweet. Like riding this new 450, the 23, it's so amazing. Uh, Yamaha's hit out of the park, you know, with a great bike. So a little bit of me is bummed that I didn't get the opportunity to race it this year, but at the same time. Um, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't meant to be, uh, and, and gives me a little bit more time to prep on it and 
see see if uh, next year we can get uh, a few races in on it. Right. Okay. Well. Okay. So obviously you've uh, you said it now. We're obviously heading for World Supercross uh, Championships coming up uh, July first, Birmingham. Um, what what do you do now? Like what's next for you? Where you're like you say you're heading up to club to start training. Is it just now grind away till that happens, or what? Uh, what do you have planned? Yeah, basically, um, I'm gonna go back to Canada uh, in a bit, and then okay. once uh, once the series kicks off, um, do the first two rounds uh, over. I think it's yeah the England round and then um, France, okay. and then I'll come back to Canada again. Uh, and then I think we got two months or something like that. It's kind of a spaced out series, but what I look forward to is just having time with the with these guys at club and and riding their you know their 450 and stuff like that for World Supercross. Um, more or less, just having some more Supercross races to uh, continue on to. Uh, the series itself was pretty unique in the fact that they're trying to bring it to a global scale and, and make it better um not just for you know the riders but but everyone involved you know the teams and everything so i think it's a really unique series to be part of and when i heard about it a year ago i knew i wanted to go and, and race it it's cool to finally have an opportunity here with the club well hey explain that a bit i mean i obviously uh, direct motocross you were pretty close with the guys at club but uh, how did that conversation start who uh, who got that ball rolling <laughs> Andy White, and thankful for uh, Andy White, and then uh, uh, Andy White, okay. Scott Jeffries. Oh, Scott um, Jeffrey, okay, of course. Yeah, Andy White. I uh, talked to him at, um, I believe it was Houston, and we had a you know an hour chat and kind of expressed the same thing to him that I just said, you know, I really want to be part of it, and you know, I've always known Andy. Andy was actually the reason I ended up in Canada, and you know, did my eight eight years of racing with KTM Canada or nine years, and. Um, yeah, we just started talking, and, and uh, you know, he supports, obviously, the club program, and I said, you know, it'd be a great fit, great opportunity to kind of get to know them as well as, you know, sort of see where I stack up in the 450 class, and he um, started putting things in motion, and then I got in touch with, obviously, Scott Jeffries since he has a part of uh, the Club MX program, and between those two, they uh, they got back to me within, you know, two weeks, three weeks, and had the deal done before Daytona. Uh, it's amazing for people listening. Andy White was with FXR, uh, yep. and Scott Jeffries from Jeffrey Homes, which is a big chunk of the uh, the money behind the Club MX team, also Canadian. So uh, that's if you're wondering what those names are, that's uh, that's who Cole's talking about. But that's that's cool. So the whole Canadian connection kind of uh, it just kind of keeps rolling and gets you in there. Yeah, no, it's cool. The obviously and it being a world a world Supercross series, and me being from Canada, uh, you know, backed by. FXR being Canadian and, and Jeffrey Holmes being Canadian and stuff. I think it's a pretty cool, unique uh, opportunity. And obviously, now being at the facility and stuff and seeing you know everything that that's involved, it's 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 really really cool to be part of this and have the opportunity with these guys. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. I mean, when you said uh, you obviously you said you kind of. Uh, alluded to it a few little last time we talked and stuff like that, but didn't really dig into it, and then the word wasn't out. So it was, uh, but that sort of obviously made sense to me, but. Uh, so that's cool to hear. Now, um, all right. Well, let me just ask you a classic question. Looking back over your uh, over your your season, just your Supercross season, what uh, if you had to pick a best race? What was your best race in your from your mind? Best race. Um, I had a couple that I felt really good in. Um, felt good in Glendale, and obviously that didn't obviously be the best result. But um, I think Oakland and Denver were, were also really good races. Consistent laps, kind of came through. Uh, which is always, you know, a good thing when you're going forward instead of going back. And um, 
I don't know. Every race had had its ups and downs. Looking back on the season in, in whole, I think uh, it just stems from bad starts, a lot of my problems. But obviously, um, lap time-wise, you know, you could see a difference between, you know, the guys that were ahead of me would still be, you know, a guy like Jet still a second, two seconds a lap. And then the guys, you know, in fifth and sixth would still be half a second. So there was still time to be made in, in, right. in general. But uh, I never really put myself in a position to race with those guys. So that was the only bummer part about it. Right, right, okay. And I, I think it was just interesting, like, uh, you were always in that group with this, you know, there were, f- you know, five or six guys that were always so close, and you could kind of just, you know, change the names around sometimes. And it was Derek Kelly, I think, maybe, who, who got a taste of that top five a little more. And that's kind of how I thought maybe uh, you could get uh, that sense as well. But uh, next year? <laughs> yeah, no, that's always the goal, right, to uh, <laughs> come back in next year and learn from, from the previous year. So where I was in 22 to 23, you know, we made, we made strides maybe – not as big as I wanted, but at the same time, um, you can't compare the two years. You know, uh, competition was really stiff this year, and it was good, obviously, the first year. But, you know, every year that goes by, there's a, a new group of kids that come in. Um, and then the year before, those guys get stronger and everything. So I think where we were at this year was in a good spot. So next year is, um, you know, same goal, you know, to try to come back and, and keep plugging away until we uh, get to where we want to be and and keep pushing. Well, that's awesome. All right, so uh, moving on. No holidays. You're not going to take off and go somewhere. No, no, not not yet. Um, probably once we get through the first two World Supercross rounds, I'll have a little bit of downtime. But with it being a new bike and uh, only five weeks out or six weeks out, not very long. Um, I want to I want to make the most of this. You know, this World Supercross is bigger than just uh, another series. It's a uh, it's an opportunity for me to showcase my skill on a on a global scale and, and against you know good riders and obviously on the 450 it's going to be a little bit more work for me so uh these next six weeks is just uh grind and and, and make as much progress so that we go into round one we can be where we want to be at okay now what to, what about uh where are you going to stay at club mx you got your rig, your rig there or you got a uh one of the little cabins or what do you got going on yeah so still in the rv um for now uh but then uh, I'll go back and then um, end the week and, and unpack and and then come back down and uh, get ready for round one uh, in, in three or four weeks from now. All right. Well, cool, man. That was a great conversation. We learned learned some stuff there. That's, uh, that's cool to hear. That's going to continue. It's going to continue to World Supercross and then hopefully continue next year. Back with the boys, Chris Elliott and the gang over there at, uh, at Team Solitaire, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. So that's uh, that's cool, Cole. I pre- Cole, I appreciate you uh, taking the call and having a chat and going over there, everything with us. Um, anything else you want to end on, or you want to just thank some sponsors here? What should, what should we do? Yeah, just thanks to the whole crew that um, backs our, our little race team that we have with uh, Team Solitaire. Uh, there's a lot of great sponsors that, you know, don't, uh, you know, obviously – know how big of a role they play you know whether it's uh liac gear supporting us every weekend with custom kits and stuff like that or you know the graphics and all the stuff that goes into the race team uh chris and ryan do a fat like fantastic job as well as the mechanics eric and joe um you know it's a small group but we make a big impact on the weekend so that's really cool to see and yeah thanks to everybody that obviously writes me every week and keeps cheering me me on back home so i appreciate it nice are you a hot sauce guy uh, I don't mind it. I've tried uh, all the hot sauces. I've gone through all of them. I don't mind it. I'm not a I'm not a hot sauce guy. I'm not uh, 
I'm not dying for heat on my food, but uh, <laughs> their stuff's good from what I've tasted. Um, not bad at all. Not bad. Yeah, nice. All right, buddy. Well, uh, congratulations on the new ride. Congrats on a solid year. Good luck with everything coming up, man. I really appreciate you uh, letting us bug you. And, of course, all the races you said were your favorites. Your best were ones I wasn't at. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, the, yeah, of course, right? Always <laughs> the ones you miss, but that's, how, that's always how it goes. The ones, that's, that's always the story. The well, ones you're at, you miss, and then the ones, yeah. So, so let me get this straight. We are not going to see you at a uh, Canadian National? Um, I doubt it. Uh, it's... <laughs> It would be cool to do a few, but most likely no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not much of an outdoor guy. I just don't. Uh, I don't go fast enough on the on the motocross track these days to cut it to uh, get a deal. Okay, well, but we are going to see you in Canada on October 28th for the Vancouver round of the World Supercross, right? I believe so. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to that one. That'll be my uh, new uh, Toronto Supercross. <laughs> All right. Excellent, man. Well, hey, appreciate your time and uh, good luck with everything. And uh, we will be in touch sometime soon. Sounds good. Thanks for the chat, Billy. Okay. Thanks, Cole. See you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.